You're listening to the RSA Conference podcast, where the world talks security. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this installment of our RSAC 365 podcast series. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Casey Zirkus, content strategist with RSA Conference. And today I am joined by Paul Van, who wears many hats, but is currently a senior at the University of Virginia. We'll be talking with Paul about his depth of experience in cybersecurity thus far and all that he hopes to continue to do as he grows. Before we get started, I want to remind our listeners that here at RSAC, we host podcasts twice a month, and I encourage you to subscribe, rate, and review us on your preferred podcast app so that you can be notified when new tracks are posted. And now I'd like to ask Paul to take a moment to introduce himself before we dive into today's discussion. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Van, and I'm currently a senior at the University of Virginia studying computer science. As Casey said, uh, I've been interested in the cybersecurity field since I was around 12 or 13, uh, working in many different roles, including threat intelligence, pen testing, and even some development roles. Listeners, I discovered Paul when I was listening to a podcast called Hacker Kid, featuring a then 14-year-old young boy, Paul Van. And as a mother of a 9- and 11-year-old girl, I found him so inspirational. So I invited him to join me for this podcast as we are on the cusp of celebrating Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And I thought about ways that we can reflect on their theme of see yourself in cyber. And so, Paul, I would love it if you could share with our listeners how you ended up featured on a podcast at such a young age and at the same time founding Vantech Cyber Solutions. Like, what got you started? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess the best way to start out with that is kind of start from the beginning. Um, my father is someone who's been a part of the cybersecurity industry uh, for a little while. And when I was around 12 or 13, I started getting pretty interested in software development, just kind of started learning HTML, Python on some coding uh, classes online. And then I kind of wanted to look for an application of that and something that I could really apply that knowledge to and apply those skills to. And like I said, since my dad was in cybersecurity, I figured that that might be something really cool to kind of apply that to. And I thought it was also something that I would be really interested in. Um, And so I started out there. And after learning Python for a little bit, I wanted to kind of like try and experiment with a project maybe. Uh, So I started out I built a uh, fake NSA login portal and created a honeypot with it, uh, something that I learned about at a cybersecurity conference that my dad took me to. And I just was messing around with it, just kind of seeing what I could do, seeing the kind of information and research I could gather with that. And I actually ended up applying to speak at DerbyCon down in Kentucky with that research project and was accepted. And it was probably one of like the most like a pinnacle moment for me getting into cybersecurity as I was actually able to go share my research at such a young age with everyone um, who was already in the industry and probably a lot more experienced than I was at the time. And so that was something that kind of really bolstered my confidence uh, with entering the industry at a young age, as well as just kind of propelling me to study and research more stuff that has to do with cybersecurity. Uh, so I guess it kind of all started out there. And then moving from there, I started working on projects like uh, the cybersecurity of the United States energy sector. And then, again, moving on from there, I started speaking at a couple more conferences and decided I wanted to try maybe starting my own firm. And I will say I was 14 at the time, so did not have the best business outlook or business insight, uh, but thought it would be pretty cool, a pretty cool way to learn more about cybersecurity and learn about that business aspect of it by starting my own. 
And so I registered my own. I started talking to some contractors there, um, like penetration testing contractors, and started kind of trying to figure out how to actually go about this business. Um, and ending up on that New America podcast, actually, was a crazy story. There was um, the Christian Science Monitor, a reporter, reached out to me after, I think, just seeing, I forget what it was they saw. Maybe I think it was maybe a post I made on LinkedIn about my company, um, and she reached out, and she was doing an article on 15 under 15 of the Christian Science Monitor. Um, so it was 15 kids uh, who were under the age of 15 doing something really cool in the cybersecurity industry. After that, New America partnered with the Christian Science Monitor uh, to have a couple of those kids come to do a podcast with them. And so I ended up uh, going up to D.C. and uh, speaking at the New America Cybersecurity Convention and ended up being on a podcast that same day as well. That's just incredible. And, um, you know, one thing that strikes me is I'm listening to you talk about, you know, all these different things that you were doing and projects that you were working on is, you know, where did you learn these skills? So um, I would love to know what are some of the ways that you were able to develop and then hone these skills as, you know, a high school student. Were you taking these classes in school or how did you navigate your learning journey? Yeah, definitely. And I'll be honest, that's a question that I think a lot of people ask me all the time. They're they're always wondering, like, where, where did all this information kind of just come from, especially since it's not something that's conventionally taught in school. Um, so I actually started out when I was around, I think, like I said, 12. I started looking through Code Academy, actually. It's a website. It was, I guess, founded kind of around then. It's developed and grown a lot since then. But I just started looking at some coding tutorials. So I looked at Python and HTML were the two that I first started out with. And I liked, uh, I liked HTML because it was a way you could design your own websites and stuff. Um, but I liked Python a lot more because it was functional. It was a, a functional programming language that I could actually program different things with. So I really delved into that one. And then kind of as I just started thinking of projects, um, I would do more more research on different aspects of Python. So if I wanted to build a web scraper, for example, I would use the Python syntax I'd learned from these coding courses, and I would do research on what libraries are good for building a web scraper. And I guess as I worked on more and more projects, it became like I became more and more fluent and kind of better at those languages. The best way to say I kind of got that knowledge is more a trial and error almost. Uh, so kind of going through and just learning the basics of it through a course or learning the basics through a book sometimes, and then really just kind of delving into projects that I were kind of above my head. Um, so like I can even give an example uh, when I was first starting out in Python, building a web scraper to like build like some web scraping bots to buy stuff uh, online really quickly. And it was something that I like, I was, I think, 14 at the time. So I'd never... I'd never really, like, even, like, I had no idea how those, these things even worked. So I, like, but just, like, knowing the syntax and having learned the syntax of Python from these coding courses, it was kind of really easy to go through online and look up, okay, what library should I use to go scrape this website? Or what's the way I should go about this uh, from other people? And then the more I kind of saw those things and used those things, uh, the easier it got to kind of do those things and come to those conclusions on my own. Um, another thing too was also going to a lot of these conferences at the time. Uh, around that time, I was going and speaking at a lot of these conferences. And one of the ways that I really liked to learn about a lot of these cybersecurity topics were sitting in on these conference talks. Um, so I know I mentioned that I built a that honeypot, uh, w- which I spoke about at DerbyCon. 
I actually learned about honeypots and like f- like found out what they actually were and how they worked uh, from going to ShmooCon a couple months before, and that just really propelled the project idea for me. So I think it was a combination of factors. Um, like I said, these coding courses, uh, working on these projects. But one of the big things, and one of the things that like I think is not promoted a- enough uh, to people who are young, are a lot of these cybersecurity conferences where there's also a lot of ability for people who are young to go for a lot cheaper or a lot easier um, than, like, other than a lot of other people are able to go for. Um, so definitely those conferences were a huge bolster there. That's fantastic. So I'm curious, you probably had a lot of options when it came to choosing a college. What was it about the program at the University of Virginia that won you over? Uh, well, for one, UVA is one of the top public schools in the country right now for computer science and engineering. I actually didn't really realize that I, I grew up an hour and 15 minutes away from Charlottesville. And before, like, I started applying to schools and everything, um, and before I was, like, even kind of decided where I wanted to apply, UVA was kind of near the bottom of my list, um, if I'm going to be honest. Just because I had never even been out to Charlottesville, I had never really taken a look at their computer science program and kind of had made the assumption that, like, again, I didn't really realize that their computer science program was that good. But doing more research as I was applying to these schools, I saw a ton of statistics that UVA was just a really, really well-renowned school for computer science, especially in its engineering program. But what drew me more, honestly, is the cybersecurity courses and extracurriculars at UVA. Probably the biggest factor for me coming to UVA was the CCDC and CPTC teams here at UVA which I joined as uh, my first year. Uh, I'm not a part of it this year, um, but I joined as my first year. And those teams compete um, nationally every year doing defensive and offensive cybersecurity. And the year before I came to UVA, UVA had won two or three years in a row at these conferences. And apparently we're just a crazy team, really smart people, and I figured that would be a really, really cool way to learn and kind of grow in these defensive and offensive fields that maybe I wasn't that good at right at the time. There are also, I looked at a lot of the coursework before I came here, there were also two really cool classes in cybersecurity. Um, and now there's even more, which is, which is really awesome. And now they're doing a cybersecurity focus if you're a computer science major. Uh, but there was a really cool class I saw called Defense Against the Dark Arts, uh, which sounds pretty crazy. But I actually ended up taking it my junior year, and I was really excited about it. And it was all about actually being able to, like, manipulate assembly code to perform stack overflows and actually, like, hack software, like, at the assembly level. And so that was a really interesting class that I saw on there. And, again, the cybersecurity teams were a huge draw for me as well. That's fantastic. And so in addition to being a full-time student, you are also a developer at Cyborg Security. Can you share with our listeners some of the work that you're doing there? I believe you said that you're working on a threat intelligence tool. Yeah, definitely. Um, So I've worked at Cyborg for a little bit now. Uh, I'm mainly a developer, but a developer in a cybersecurity type role. And so essentially what I've been working on there is a tool that's able to generate SIM content based on using article content um, and making it easier for our content team at Cyborg to produce SIM content for tools like Splunk and Elasticsearch. So what I focused on there has not just been development. This is probably one of the coolest things I liked, I've liked about this role. But at this role, I've also learned a lot more about how to actually deploy a full tool on my own and actually write tests and set up all of the infrastructure needed to actually deploy a full cybersecurity tool, which has been a really valuable learning experience. 
Uh, because not only is it a cool tool that I'm building and something that I think is going to help a lot of what we do at Cyborg, but another thing is that I'm really getting a lot of knowledge on how to actually deploy a full-scale tool uh, to production and actually produce, like, not just code, but produce an actual tool that can be functional for other people. So working at Cyborg has been an awesome experience. That's great to hear. And so, you know, when we think about or when you think about your professional development and your career path, where do you see yourself in five years, in 10 years? What's your goal in this industry? You know, that, that's a question I've asked myself a lot over the last year, especially coming into my senior year at UVA. Um, I think I've bounced around a lot uh, with kind of where I want to end up. Um, but in a general sense, I know I really want to be at kind of the, the forefront of like almost like the future of what we're doing in cybersecurity. There's a lot of new stuff coming out. Obviously, there's quantum computers are, are a huge, huge talk of the town right now. And a couple of years ago, I did a little research on kind of the impact that quantum computers are going to have on cybersecurity. Uh, I know one thing I'm really, really interested in um, is kind of looking into the quantum encryption methods that are going co- to arise from quantum computers actually coming to fruition. And I'm really interested in blockchain security, um, blockchain development and blockchain security have been a huge, a huge topic I've been focusing on and uh, researching recently. Uh, and so, like I said, I'm, I'm not sure, quite sure where I want to end up. I'm, I'm thinking about starting something of my own, maybe pursuing that, but I'm also really like working at the startup level. Uh, and that's something that I've, I've enjoyed throughout all of my internships and all of my jobs um, as a student. And so really working in a startup type environment, whether that's a, a company that I'm running or a company that I'm working for, and something that's really operating at the forefront of cybersecurity and the forefront of development um, is really kind of where I want to see myself in the next couple of years, especially leaving college and kind of entering the workforce for real for the first time. Well, I certainly do hope that you stay in touch with us at RSA Conference and maybe even have the opportunity to speak on our stage someday. Paul, thank you so much for joining us today. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. To learn more about solutions and products related to professional development and workforce development, we invite you to visit rsaconference.com forward slash marketplace. Here you'll find an entire ecosystem of cybersecurity vendors and service providers who can assist with your specific needs. Please keep the conversation going on your social channels using the hashtag RSAC and be sure to visit rsaconference.com dot com for new content posted year round.